Bible Baptist Church located at 2015 Beulah Road in Madisonville, Kentucky, would like to invite you to listen to a message of the sovereign grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ by their pastor, David Edmondson. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, the prophet Jeremiah makes a very competent declaration concerning his God. In just a few short words, he proclaims the sovereignty, the omnipotence, the power of his God, and he proclaims to his God, there is nothing too hard for thee. Then just a few verses later, the Lord asked Jeremiah the prophet the same question who had made this self-confident statement. He asked, Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? Now this is why a true child of God never brags on their faith. The only bragging a believer does is in and on their Lord, the Lord Jesus, who is faithful that promised Jeremiah said to the Lord, There's nothing too hard for thee, yet deep within the recesses of his own heart there is unbelief. And the Lord finds it necessary to put the matter in the form of a question to him and ask, Is there anything too hard for me? The Lord had given Jeremiah a great deal of insight to his own heart. Speaking to Jeremiah directly in Jeremiah chapter 17, the Lord said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. But then the Lord warned Jeremiah and he warns us. And he warns us of the enemy within and writes, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who could know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, I'm into my 67th year on this earth, and I have often heard it said that we are our own worst enemies. And according to the scriptures, I believe that's true. Our hearts, by nature, are so wicked and deceitful that God calls them deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know them? Only God can. Paul said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. The apostle Paul said, for the good that I would do, I do not. And the things that I do that I hate, that do I. And what was Paul's conclusion of himself? He said, O oh, wretched man that I am. Not I was, but I am. You know, the greatest men and women of faith will find a great deal of skepticism lurking within their hearts, waiting for the opportunity to show itself. And only God can overrule what rules within and without. Now, the story of Jeremiah here in chapter 32, a powerful enemy of Israel, the Chaldeans, had surrounded Israel. Jeremiah had warned the king of Judah that this would happen according to verse 1. And this is a word of the Lord given to Jeremiah for King Zedekiah. It wasn't Jeremiah's word to the king. It was God's word to the king. You know, folks often get upset with the message and want to shoot the messenger. 
Why? Because they can't get their hands on the one who sent the message. And that's exactly what King Zedekiah did. He threw Jeremiah into prison for prophesying and warning him and telling him the truth of what God said. And most folks don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they believe the truth to be. And while Jeremiah is in the prison, the Lord told him that his cousin, his uncle's son, would come to him in the prison and want to sell him a piece of ground. And that Jeremiah was to buy it. That's what the Lord told him. You buy that. He tells him for how much. Tells him to get all the papers filled out correctly. Tells him to have them witnessed, notarized, and sealed. Tells him to have everything done according to the law and have those papers put away in a safe place. Now, Jeremiah is buying a piece of property that would soon be taken from him. Now, what sane and sensible man would buy a piece of land that he knew would soon be taken away? And that's exactly what preachers who believe that you can lose your salvation do. Now, I find no comfort in that. If I can be saved by something that I do, then I can be lost by not doing something that I should or by doing something that I shouldn't. But if an omnipotent God saves me, then the same powerful almighty God keeps me and none can pluck me from his hand. But God had also told Jeremiah something else. He told Jeremiah that he was going to give the land back to Israel someday. And so in verse 7, Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there's nothing too hard for thee. But then just 10 verses later, it seems that the Lord finds it necessary to remind Jeremiah of what he had himself confessed. And in verse 27, the Lord asked Jeremiah, Is there anything too hard for me? Do you really believe that nothing is too hard for me? You see, again, the strongest in faith has to be reminded over and over again that God is almighty and he's powerful and he can do anything and he can do everything. And that's why I'm often inclined to pray as that poor father did. Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Is there anything, dear listener, great or small, that's too hard for God? God challenges all with this question, is there anything too hard for me? Now, first, we must consider that the hardest, most inconceivable things have already been done by God. How about the work of creation? Well, Jeremiah said himself in verse 17 that Jehovah had made the heaven and the earth by his great power and stretched out arm. So if God can do that, nothing else is too hard for him. You know, there was a time when there was nothing and God dwelt alone. And only God can create something out of nothing. What can he not do after doing that? With whom did God take counsel, the scripture asks? Who hath instructed him? God of his own will piled up the mountains. He himself dug the foundations of the deep. Everything was in darkness until God said, light be, and there was light. 
He alone divided the land from the sea, and he alone painted the skies with the clouds. He bent the rivers to flow as he saw fit. He held the oceans to its boundaries. The earth he created was void and without form, and darkness was upon the deep. And God simply spoke, let there be, and there was grass and herbs and trees and the waters full of fish and the birds filled the sky. And whenever we doubt the power of God, we ought to read again the first chapter of Genesis. Secondly, what about God's work of destruction? Over and over again in the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, the Lord shows us how easily he can rid himself of adversaries. When God's patience and long-suffering in the days of Noah reached its limits, he spoke and down came torrential rain with tremendous power. The mountains were covered and the whole earth became one great sheet of water. And it was the power of God and his anger that overthrew in a moment Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighboring cities thereof with brimstone, salt, and burning. And friends, it was the power of God that destroyed Egypt with the plagues and preserved his people without so much as a fly, a frog, or a gnat being found in the land of Goshen where his people Israel dwelt. And this was why God raised up Pharaoh, Paul tells us, that he might show his power and declare his name throughout all the earth, Romans nine seventeen, And it was the Lord that smote the firstborn of Egypt and brought forth his people when they came to the Red Sea. And it was the power of God that he departed the Red Sea and his power that brought the waters back together to destroy the armies of Pharaoh. You see, dear sinner, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Thirdly, this is seen in his sovereign power of providence. He led his people through the wilderness and fed them for 40 years while they never plowed or farmed. God dropped manna from heaven, bread from heaven for millions, and caused a flowing fountain of water to come out of a rock. Israel's garments never got old, neither did their feet swell. And I ask you, if God can accomplish all that, surely he can take care of us. Fourthly, Nothing is too hard for God in his great work of redemption. God, in the person of Christ, came to earth to be born of a virgin, sheltered in a stable, cradled in a manger. And this is the wonder of wonders, that God should take upon himself the form of a servant and made in the likeness of man, and yet more amazing still, took upon himself the sin of his people. He was made sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God became a man to bear man's awful transgressions and Christ alone took the burden of punishment, drinking the cup of God's wrath dry for his people. And never was God's power seen and omnipotence so potent as when Christ died upon the cross that chosen sinners might live. The Lord told Jeremiah to buy a piece of ground. The world around him said, well, you can kiss it goodbye. The Chaldeans are going to take it. It's gone. Your deed is worthless. It's gone. Your money is wasted. But the Lord said, you put that deed up. 
It's going to be a while, but that is your land. Don't you give up hope. You're going to possess that land. And friends, every believer, every child of God has purchased a piece of ground just like Jeremiah did, but it cost them nothing. The Lord bought it with his own shed blood. And the deed had been signed by the blood of Christ. And it's bought and it's paid for. And we build our house and we build our hope upon that precious real estate, Christ, the solid rock. And the rain will descend and the floods will come and the winds will blow upon that house and it will not fall. Why will it not fall? Because it was built upon Christ, the solid rock. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. You see, this is for sure. This is for certain. This is forever. Whatever the Lord has promised to do, he is able to do, and he will do according to his word. How do I know that? The Lord told us, is there anything, is there anything too hard for me? God can do anything, and God can do everything. Hope thou in him. You have been listening to a message by David Edmondson, the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you would like a copy of this message or to hear other messages of God's free, sovereign grace in Christ, you can write to our mailing address at P.O. Box 652, Madisonville, Kentucky, 42431. Or log on to our website at freegraceradio.com. If you would like to come and worship with us, we meet at 2015 Beulah Road, Madisonville, Kentucky, and our service times are Sunday morning Bible study at 10 o'clock a.m., worship services begin at 11 o'clock a.m., Wednesday evening services at 7 o'clock p.m. Please tune in again next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. for another message of God's free and sovereign grace in the Lord Jesus Christ.